0: Well, on this podcast, you get to feel the conversation. I talk with experts, guests, and a few friends who I hope will inspire, inform, and empower you, and maybe also challenge you, whether you're looking for self-help, self-improvement, beauty advice, health insights, business know-how, or just some good old-fashioned life advice and a bit of a laugh. It's all here. Welcome to the show. Ah, What a treat this is. Here we are again with Ruth Crilly writer, blogger, entrepreneur, and my friend. Now, Ruth came on the show quite a while ago now, and we chatted about all sorts of things, iron giants, writing, beauty products, fashion, interiors. And I imagine there was some naughtiness in there too, because that does seem to be a theme when I talk to Ruth. A theme I very much enjoy, I hasten to add. And this conversation is much of the same. Life in lockdown, how we're adjusting, coping, what we're doing differently work-wise, and how things have progressed for her since we last spoke on the podcast. And things have progressed quite a lot because Ruth, not content with running her hugely successful website A Model Recommends, being a mother to two children and writing and creating some of my absolute favourite Instagram posts, decided to create an app. Yes, an app. An app. So the Night Feed is an interactive app designed to keep nursing mum's company during those long lonely night feeds, but because Ruth created it, it genuinely is bursting with not only helpful features written by her and a whole host of experts, but really is like having that friend right by your side who says all the right things when you need them to say them. And I know this because even though I am not a nursing mother, I have navigated my way around the app and have felt firsthand Ruth's calming hand on my shoulder. What a lovely idea, Ray. What a brilliant app. There we go. It's just, I think it's genius, but there we are. Anyway, back to this conversation where we discuss how you know whether a beauty product is decent or not, what it's like to build something from nothing. And I mean literally nothing. Um, We go on a Bit of a tangent about um, hair loss and a current protocol I'm using and there are some other major segues in between too many to mention I would just enjoy the show if I'm if I were you. Ruth is legitimately one of my favourite writers but she's also a joy to talk to too. In fact one of my last big nights out before lockdown was to a Caroline Hirons event. And I sat next to Ruth for a lot of the evening. And thankfully, (laughs) that was caught on video. One of Caroline's blogs, I think it's the one where she goes and sees Oprah in New York. A snippet of Ruth and I hanging out with a few others was caught on camera at least. And I actually caught myself replaying that clip over repeatedly uh, last week, just to remind myself what it was like to hang out with mates in person. Because maybe, like some of you, it feels sadly a little bit like too distant a memory right now. So it was utterly joyous, pleasing, fun and wonderful to chat to my mate, chat to Ruth on video call and record this episode of the podcast for you. I really hope you enjoy it. It's Ruth Crilley on The Emma Gunn Show. Hi Ruth Crilley. Hi, how are you? I'm awesome because I'm chatting to you, my friend. Oh, it's always such an ego boost. <laughs> to be told that. Yeah. <laughs> Good for the soul. It's nice for, that someone actually wants to speak to me because my family are sick of me. So your enthusiasm is like a tonic. Oh well, I, I oh now you've made me think of gin. Although I'm not a big gin fan. Vodka. It's early for gin, though, isn't it? It's one it twenty-four. Is. It is five o'clock somewhere though, and I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> I'm wearing a silk turbany type headband, which gives you carte blanche to drink at whatever time of the day. <laughs> well, I just feel like it, it makes me feel a bit like this is my yacht life. This is my yacht look. <laughs> it's not because I'm wearing it with a Henley t-shirt. Too. Hashtag yacht life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was poncing around in it earlier and I thought, yeah, I should really be in a caftan with a cocktail or champagne at least. Uh, Sam from Pixie Woo is the, I don't know why we st- I still say, do you still say Sam and Nick from Pixie Woo, even though they've lost know. Pixie Woo a long time ago? Sam Chapman. Chapman from Pixie Woo, And then I try and say Nick Haste and then I go, you know, Nick Chapman from Pixie Woo. So I just make it so much longer. Oh, just, on my just, just make it up. Uh, but yeah. Sam Chapman has a very good selection or collection, I should say, of yeah. uh, headbands, doesn't she? She does. Is, does she have a headband maker? Uh, I think they're called, I want to say Under the Sun or Born in the Sun or something, isn't it? It's like a little yeah. boutique brand. Yeah, she always wears them from there. Really nice. She had a wicker they... one on. I'm sure she had a wicker one. The thing is, she looks good in anything. I know. Let's move on. So, why are we giving yeah. air... yeah, her... She doesn't need any airtime. Like time. She can, no. She can just stop aging backwards. <laughs> yeah. But, incidentally, I know exactly the headbands you mean because I copied one of her eye looks, one of her tutorials, that she did, the 60s eye look, and she was wearing one of the headbands and the video was actually for the woman who made it. Whose name oh, yeah. Oh. So that's oh tight, it's really hot. Nice. She's just making me feel quite depressed in lockdown because every time she puts up a picture, she just looks incredible. Even if she's like, yeah, not really bothering today. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Block Her, her um, not bothering is like a 9.25 out of 10, isn't it? I know. I know. But there we go. That's the problem with having beautiful friends. But you're a beautiful <laughs> friend too. I know but look at me you can see me no one else can my glasses are on wonky do a little description of of uh how i look in your screen i look a bit like remember the Goonies. is <laughs> roof baby roof you know the guy from the, the the sort of like the monster type guy he's not really a monster yeah you're not you're not serving sloth vibes but i tell you what you are giving me because of the gray cardi and mm. because you're you are giving me michelle pfeiffer and batman returns oh well she i like turns. that that's fine yeah selena kyle a bit run down doing bruce wayne's okay um, borrowing i like that yeah the cardi (laughs) my mum every time she sees me in this cardi she's like oh my god let me put that in the bin and i say (laughs) no because my house is a constant 17 degrees so i have to have massive thick cardies even in the summer there's nothing, I mean, we are not even getting close to what we're going to talk about, but just a side note in the summer on a really hot day, there is nothing nicer than wearing like denim shorts and a vest top and then putting like a re- really big, cuddly cardigan on in the afternoon, yeah. I think. My house is so, it just remains a constant temperature. So in the summer, it can be 30 degrees outside and you can come in and it will still be cold in the kitchen.
1: Right. Like, nothing
0: goes off. I think it's just, I don't know whether they were built like this, but the walls are like three feet thick. So the sun just doesn't get in, which I love no. in the summer and in the winter. Oh. You put the heating on, but that's why I, you know, have lots of layers on in May. As long as it keeps the heat in, yeah, that would be my like, worry. Um, I think when you buy an old house, it's just one of those. I mean, this is a good old house. It's been like very well maintained. So it's got lots of insulation and, you know and everything's been there were no cracks and it's all just been kept really nicely but I think when you take on an old house you it's like a classic car you know you can get shit classic cars that are just always going to be a nightmare then you get really nicely well looked after classic cars that are a joy but they you need to you know you need to continue the maintenance oh I have no experience of either so I'm just going to have to take your word for it well I've never had a classic car but I thought it would be a good analogy Yes, well, I think it works. Why have we gone so off piste? It's my fault. We've done Sam Chapman and my walls. <laughs> but this always again, happens. You, like? Do you want to start again? No, I don't want to start again. Do you ever start um, again? Do you ever go, let's just start again? You're talking shit. Stop. Um, have I ever No, but then I'll, I'll I'll interrupt if I feel like someone is completely but in a groove. And I don't want to hear that entire LP because I know it's going to get batshit. So I'll, <laughs> I'll interject quite early on with quite a long winded to try and distract. Right. You know, nice. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, so but one of the many reasons why I want to talk to you also, the last time we spoke, I do remember it was in a hotel room. You was I over. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And I don't think it made any sense to anyone. So I don't think this is going to surprise people who listened to the last episode. Okay, that's good. But people generally liked it, are we saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there was a lot of talk about us being identical voice twins, which I think we proved was not the case. Mm. Oh, we should just try and make our voices match now and then people won't have a clue. (laughs) We could swap. We could swap roles. Oh, that'd be so confusing for people, wouldn't it? We could do, but so since we last spoke, so in that last episode, something that you revealed to me that I did not know about you Mm. was (laughs) one of the many. Yes, Well, the thing that I can say in public is uh, what, well, you told me that you'd written a book. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you what now? And you also revealed that it was so, I guess to put it in sort of a nice term it was it's massively off brand from what you might expect from Ruth Crilly slash a model recommends. Mm-hmm. And then I started reading it <laughs> and I feel like you are the undiscovered the undiscovered author of our time who just needs to just write all constantly. Well that's what I'd like to do. Thank you by the way. Um that is what I'd like to do. That is my ultimate that's my five year goal is just to be writing. I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. I, I sit down every morning, and that's why my blog gets so much of my time, because I just love writing. I don't particularly like being on camera that much, really, but that's what I fell into. Mm. Um, you know when I was twenty, and that, uh, and I was sort of good at it, and so that's what I it sort of complements what I do on the blog. But if I could just sit down every day and just write, that I would be just over the moon happy. But what I was most taken with, and again, these are all compliments <laughs> that are about <laughs> to come out. But what I was most taken with is I think there's, there's a skill to blog writing and there's a skill to feature writing in terms of talking about products or talk, talking about um, a particular issue, for example, which I know you do on the website. And then there's the skill of being able to write fiction and actually paint a picture with the words and tell a story. Mm. They're two very, very different skills, and I know that I can bang out a news story quite comfortably, feel quite happy about it. I know that given a bit of time, I can write a feature about hyperpigmentation that will be useful to whoever reads it. But if you said, right, Emma, sit down and write a story, write write a fiction loosely based on the truth about your career in journalism, it would read as though I had been stung by bees on all ten fingers (laughs) and then (laughs) had the keyboard with them trying to write a story. Well, so how did you do it? Well, because I started off writing fiction. So before I um, started at law school, even that was what I wanted to do. But everyone said, "Oh no, you know, you that you would be wasted." That was considered just one of those sort of arty jobs. It wasn't considered to be a, a job or a career. Mm. Um, and so they said, "You know, you do law or medicine." And I did law because I was shit at science, to be quite frank and um i just sort of sat there thinking i wish i was writing and then as soon as i left i left in my second year to start modeling i used to write all the time when i was at airports and you know on planes and i was always writing little snippets of stuff and i did a couple of creative writing um sort of not degree level courses then i did my literature degree um, and then i did a couple of postgraduate creative writing courses and then i did my ma in creative writing so it was always creative writing and fiction writing that i was doing but for some reason the blog post thing i didn't find i i mean i i know it's a different type of writing but i almost think the way that i approach it is the same way because now and then i do a straightforward let's say foundation review but if you look at what's gone up in the last couple of weeks most of it is sort of fictional i mean it's about myself there's something about my nipples there's something about pmt but it's embellished uh it's not embellished i mean it's completely based on the truth of my life but it's embellished to the degree that a fiction writer would would do it you know i make it into an enjoyable piece of writing it's not just Mm -hmm. autobiographical it's there to entertain and so i think Mm -hmm. a lot of what i do write on the blog is it's not fictional but it has that sort of joie de vivre about it that you get in fiction so when you were writing and we are talking about writing in airports I really like the idea of like seeing you sitting writing uh, on a laptop or in an in an a4 notepad oh, this pre, is pre-electronics well it's not pre-electronics but I mean I never used to take <laughs> I never used to take a laptop around with me it was all paper because you know for the OU and stuff it was all you submitted your stuff still on on paper you posted it um, with a cover sure. cover form and it wasn't until i got to my no my ma still was submitted um on paper too i think you had to type you did have to type your submissions yeah but you had to print them out and post them so i was just there with i've got so many notebooks i mean i've got shelves and shelves full of my i used to have collins diaries page per day and i used to write something every day and i used to fill the page so i've always sort of practiced Daily writing although since having kids, it's not been so much. But I've got like millions of partial novels and ideas for novels and half novels and almost finished novels and loads of stuff lying around. Was it, a lot of, was, it, was it about escapism or was it about or or could it also be about just creating your own world? No, it's always create. It's always been about creating my own world and i have an idea for i mean sometimes it takes me years sometimes i have an idea for a blog post and it takes me years but it always niggles at the back of my head and i i have this sort of uh little idea and it might not even be a whole story it might it might just be a little picture that i want to paint for someone and i until i write it down until it's i've offloaded it onto paper uh it just stays there in my head and and swims around so i think I, I've just always had that. I had that when I was little as well. Mm. Do you have um, Do you have that thing where you've got a little idea and you go to sit down and write it, and it's just not it's not ripe enough yet, and you and you and you're able to go. That idea is not ready yet. I'm going to. Oh that yeah, totally. <laughs> I think if anything, I'm too harsh a critic, and that stops me from. It's that like I'm almost too uptight, um, so lots of stuff doesn't ever out i mean the amount of drafts in my blogs just because i you know i double guess myself and it's not double guessing is it whatever the phrase is second guess second guess and i second guess what people might think of it and i worry that something might offend somebody or somebody you know uh i think when i'm just writing about myself i've written about so many things that are so embarrassing like the time i almost sat back on a shower attachment that was sticking out of someone's bath and it honestly so I wrote I write a whole post about, you know, when people go to hospital and they have to have things retrieved yeah. and everyone's always well, like, oh yeah, like, like you could fall on a cucumber. And I wrote a whole <laughs> post about, well, what if it's true? Because I almost slipped in that person's bath and it almost, I mean, it was almost a serious internal injury. And if I'd gone in, they'd have been like, oh yeah, really? Like you just fell on it and it slipped up. And I, it suddenly gave me this whole other viewpoint of of all these people that have had like, you know their knobs suck down hoovers <laughs> what if you were just hoovering naked you turned it the other way to get something out and it sucked Can't a wait. knob down the hose <laughs> i don't have a knob just want to make that clear because it, that makes it sound like i have a knob um but you know uh, i i don't know there's just all these stupid ideas in my head and and i need to write them down and and some of them make it into the public domain <laughs> i don't time That's it. it's like, i hoping that you know if you're going to back onto a shower head mm. that clenching mechanism yeah, and I mean, hopefully you didn't get so, it didn't get so it. near that I had to clench but it just <laughs> as it as I slipped I thought Jesus that could have that could have entered <laughs> and not through the comfortable one either Oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> Um No, a couple of minutes ago I was definitely (laughs) up to speed in what you were saying. (laughs) I enjoyed the fact that you said not the comfortable one. Not the the (laughs) comfortable Yeah, If you've ever watched the Kevin Smith movie, I think he talks about... the uncomfortable one as being uh, like something about the back of a VW which I now can't remember anyway so let's move on but let's but this brings me to a really good point actually because you've been writing about yourself for over 10 years and actually you didn't celebrate your 10-year anniversary which was a couple of months ago yeah it was in February I um, I was going to And I had a whole post that was conveniently really good because I looked at one of the first posts I'd ever done and it was on this Dermalogica face mask. And as I was looking to see what one of the first posts that I'd done was, I had that face mask on and I thought, how bloody great is that? That I'm still, I still like the same mask from 10 years ago. All these other things have come out. Which one was it? It's the multivitamin, it's so good, isn't it? So good. Oh, Um, one of the best. And that was going to be my hook for the post. And then I was going to be a bit sort of low-key, happy birthday, happy blog birthday. And then I just sort of thought, mm-hmm. do you know what? Quite early on in doing my blog, my husband said to me, he's such a practical man and such a sort of frank to the point, doesn't pull any punches. You no, know, he just says what he thinks. And I was going to say I was going to do this blog post quite early on about, oh, how no one really understands how much work goes into this, how much work goes into that. And he was like, Ruth, nobody gives a shit. They do not give a shit about the work. Some people might. Some people might be interested in what goes on behind the scenes. But most people, they just want to read what they've come there to read and they don't. They don't really care about the admin behind it they don't care why your server's gone down or what server you use or how many people are reading this per day they quite literally do not give a shit they just want to go there be entertained and leave like all the rest of it is your baggage that you feel you need to share because you don't work Mm. with anyone um and i sort of thought is my blog birthday a bit of baggage like really some people might and go well congratulations um but I thought maybe I'd do something, you know, I don't know, maybe I'll cut together a video of my best bits or I thought the thing that I'd want to do more would be to show how many different things have happened in my life since I've started recording my life. Um, rather than just being like, woohoo, 10 years, look at me. I'm great. Um, which I could do cause I was, I was looking up stuff the other day and I've had like 50 million page views or something on, on a model recommends. Yeah, it's huge. Um, and I can't even remember how many YouTube views. I mean, it's a lot of, it's actually, you know, something, it's, uh, yeah. it's something that you could really cheer about. Um, but I always just wonder, like, I dunno, I see, I see some people do it. And I just think, oh, I dunno. I don't, I don't, want to come across as, um, a humble bragging and, and B, you know, telling people stuff that they just don't want to hear. It's just noise, isn't it? I'm always wary about that. Mm-hmm then I get far too many emails from LinkedIn and most of them are congratulate so-and-so on their work anniversary. So obviously, it's enough of a thing for that to be an email blast that LinkedIn... Yeah. ...feels... Well, maybe, maybe I'll do it. ...needs a lot of traction. I'll just do it for you. I'll just do a little... Please do it for me. guns anniversary. Because I do think it's really, <laughs> think it's really important to... Um, acknowledge one's own successes because it does take a lot of hard work it do take work to create a blog and we will talk about that in a sec but I think you mentioned page views and downloads and all those sorts of things and they obviously that is a measure of how successful um, a site is or how popular it is or whatever it might be but sometimes it's about the growth and actually going back and saying God, I can really see how that idea and how I've evolved and it's like having—it's like an appraisal that when you work for yourself, you're not going to get that. Mm. No one's going to say, "Right, well, let's sit down and look at what you've learned and let's see where you've improved and maybe where you could make some improvements. You're not going to have that when you work for yourself in the way that you and I do. So you almost have to force yourself to do it. And a 10 year anniversary is kind of a nice point to maybe just sit down very quietly and have a look at what's happened yeah I should have done I've just I'm sort of fatigued with um with myself (laughs) with well Well, it's funny before lockdown that's a really interesting point I remember oh sorry I forgot oh my god why is my heating on that's ridiculous sorry I just stretched my toes out underneath my desk and my radiator's nice and warm um I forgot to tell you before we we stopped talking about the writing so I got a literary agent and um mm-hmm. i was having a meeting with him and he's amazing so he's he's looking at, at sort of pitching the novel that i finished and i was chatting to to him jason he's lovely um and just saying you know i just i just feel very sort of fatigued with the whole online thing i feel like it's it's 24 7 um and i think it's since the kids are a little bit older they're i I feel like they're at peak neediness in a way so when they were babies i could put them down they had naps it didn't feel so demanding on my on my sort of brain time and now it's much more demanding and i find it very difficult to switch between being mum and working and and I I can do it when I'm just writing and I'm just being quiet and in myself but if I have to turn things on for the camera I find it really really hard it's almost like I need two hours of writing before I can get to this place where I can put any makeup on to start filming and then it ruins it because if I'm writing I've got my glasses on and I have big red marks it's a daily struggle (laughs) um so I don't know. I, I was just saying to him, you know, all I, all I really want to do at the moment is write. And I think that's a symptom of my, of my online fatigue. But then I do stuff on Instagram that I mm. just enjoy. Like I do something really stupid and people like it. And I, and, and I enjoy doing that, you know, so, oh, it's just the, the constant nature of it. It feels like churning, you know, churning stuff out for lots of different platforms and I never want to feel like I'm churning you know that was always my thing if I ever mm. feel like I'm just churning i remember when i was doing my blog and i was doing a post a day and um right at the beginning when blogs just went absolutely huge and it was just getting you know like a million page views a month and stuff and i remember feeling like i've got to keep up this pace and then i stopped and i was like i am that is churning you're churning stuff out there and that is not what you wanted to do because it's just product reviews it's like a which you know it's fine but I felt like I was just becoming a sort of PR um, pinboard for what was what was out and what was new and racing to get content but it's really seductive isn't it Mm -hmm. but the thing is is you write a review and if you've got a website like yours and it gets a lot of traction and generates a lot of sales you get a lot of interest and brands like, Oh, could you do the same for Mm. this product? And we'd really like you to try that. And so it's really seductive because actually what happens is suddenly people are like, please have more of these really nice things, (laughs) try them and tell people that you like them. And it's quite hard. I think to, I, I think that's a, it's obviously it sounds like a really lovely position to be in and it is, but there's, there's a cost there, isn't there of like, you just have to keep churning. You have to keep writing. You've yeah. reviewed that thing. Now I need to review that. Well, thing. that's why I sort of stopped. And now a lot of my posts are. I tell you what, for for things to get to the top of my pile now, to, to they have to float float through all of those layers of noise and stuff, and they really have to give me something to write about. So whether it's the price point the fact that it's so amazing at that price point or it's something really new or i don't know it has to as i'm using something it has to inspire the blog post starts popping up in my head and i can think of so many things i want to say about it and then i know that i there's a real genuine love that's it's you know that's inspired this sort of spark of creativity and then i know that it's something i want to write about but those things are sort of few and far between so i couldn't i don't think i could churn now even if i wanted to because i think you you sort of start to see it all don't you and you can't use it's impossible for one head to use so many beauty products in a year so i find that i don't use so much stuff either for something to really grab my attention it has to be quite spectacular now which I, and I like that because I don't feel so much pressure to, you know, I write much more about mm. life and stupid stuff rather than before it might have been sort of 90% beauty. I'd say it's quite an equal split now between writing about beauty and... what. What is the, um? what are things recently that have stood out to you? Because I would be really interested because since we've been in lockdown, I have had a lot more time as a lot of people have and... I'm playing with beauty products yeah, again. It's me just too. something I've, I've sort of... But don't you find... head cut out of not... I find that, say, I've got five mascaras, new launch mascaras. Mascaras is a bad example because that's so personal, isn't it? I always hate mascaras that other people like. Mm. Um, you know, I might have five <laughs> um, new eyeshadow launches or new cleanser launches. And I can really quickly now... Uh, sort of sideline the ones that I just know they're not good because I know what's and you do too you try so many things that you know there's a certain benchmark for what a good cleanser is and even at different price points so somebody might say oh well you know it's a good cleanser for the price and you think well no it's not a shit because I can name you at least six or seven that are better than that at that price point because you just know you know your stuff don't you you know what you're testing and you you try a lot of stuff and so now i find it i'm very quick if i i sometimes do get tripped up and i have to pull things back out of the slush pile and give them another go um usually because someone like you or nadine or sally hughes or caroline's gone oh i love this and i think really hold on a second i thought that was shit, and um you know sometimes you still think it is don't you because it's personal preference but um you know now and again I give things a second go but quite often you can look at stuff and just is I suppose what I'm saying is it's got quicker to be able to sort through the chaff for me yeah but then like you say I really feel that recently I've got into my own rut you know how as a consumer you can get into mm. a rut as I did before I got into the beauty industry and then now very much like you it's like actually the only way I can find out if a product actually works is to stick with it. Yeah. So I don't, I had not been trying very much at all. But will you stick with I it? If, it, if it's rubbish, will you stick with it? it? Or do you discard? Uh, so, uh, Well, I'm thinking specifically about um, products for hair loss. So like okay. hair loss, Oh, that's quite, that's quite mm-hmm. um, an onerous task, it. isn't it? Testing. I yeah. mean, that's really difficult to do. Um, well, it's just you have to stick with it. And if you if you want your hair to feel a certain way, like you have to almost accept that for the first few washes or few weeks that your hair isn't going to feel cosmetically nice in the way that it would do after you've gone and had a blow dry. It's gonna maybe be flatter, it's maybe gonna feel drier because there's like a transition period. But but you have okay. to Okay. This is because because normally with the thickening shampoos, yeah, I feel like it's gone really dry and and coarse. But you're talking about the ones that have more of a long-term effect. Yeah, I mean, none of the topical shampoos and conditioners actually give you more hair. But they just okay. they refine the scalp. Oh right, okay. And uh, yeah, so they give yeah, so but it's so just, they don't stimulate. They don't like stimulate a, follicles or anything like that. They they can't they can't increase output. I'm gonna say from everyone that I've spoken to, it is a hard no. Okay but there are loopholes. But if you look at the vocabulary on the top, on any of those products, it will be reduces hair loss brackets due to breakage or asteroids okay. due to breakage. So it's straight. I don't think compared. I've ever tried a hair loss one. I just thought that they would all be gimmicky sort of, I, 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 I don't know. It's just something that I thought, well, yeah, is that really? Have you ever, have you ever? Yeah. Hair? After both kids, I had, uh, it all fell out around the hairline and I had like a lion's thing, but I think it's, it's pretty much come back. So It never i just sort of had i don't know it was so short-lived on the scale of things that it Mm. never really bothered me for long enough a lot of people sent me hair loss stuff um but interestingly it was i found it really daunting thinking about well how the hell do i measure the results of these i know what i'm doing with my skin i can kind of look at it and gauge what's Mm. going on but i just found it very daunting, the idea of trying to quantify, quantify what what had gone on with my hair. Yeah, I think unless you've been into a clinic and you've had them take the, the pictures of mm. your scalp with that special camera, and then, and then you go back six months so is that later, what you've been doing? I think it's really hard. And you just, I, haven't, I haven't with this. I've actually had a, I've just had a consultation, a video consultation two weeks ago with Annabelle Kingsley, which was fascinating. And I started the protocol yesterday. Oh. oh my God, do you know what? I forgot sorry. that we were recording then. I'd should... slipped into so we're just chatting together <laughs> on Zoom. Oh dear, sorry everybody. Went right off piece there. Oh wow, let me know how that goes. Okay, so let's talk about <laughs> skincare though. Back in, back in the ring, everyone. <laughs> because I am interested. Back in the room. No, I am interested about. Um, a, about skincare and your perception of it because i feel you've been writing the blog now for over 10 years and i feel like there's been a massive revolution in skincare mm, in that time yeah huge and we've gone from the sensorial uh experiential uh skincare range to now it's i've just been in a 2 hour zoom presentation literally about topical vitamin application and making vitamins bioavailable via topical uh, formulas etc so it's all about and I do look at them and I think they're beautiful products and I know that they work and you've got all the clinicals but oh god it's so it's still so confusing like what can I layer with what what can I layer with the other so how for you what do you think has been how do you think it has all evolved and do you think it is for the better for the consumer I think it's for the better for the consumer but my, I have to do a reality check um, on an almost daily basis because I get really and I get really wound up about stuff in skincare, and I get really wound up about messages that people are putting out about their brands um, that are sort of slightly con- confusing for the consumer. And then I reality check, which is the fact that none of my friends outside of the business, I'll say, because all of my ones are fascinated with skincare inside the business but you know, say people that live nearby to me or people that I'd go and meet for a coffee nearby or like friends and family, they are really not, my mum's slightly interested, but they're just not interested. They just wanna, they're just sort of getting on with life and skincare is such a tiny, tiny part of their day. They just want to cleanse and moisturize and not look haggard. And so that's what I try and keep in mind. You know, I love learning about the really in-depth stuff You know people like medicate who will sit you down and explain to you how they're working with with you know different types of vitamin a and it's absolutely fascinating but then i have to come out and i have to remember that by the time it gets to my blog um who am i talking to it might be different for people that have got very you know like caroline's got her skin freaks and they are very very understanding of ingredients and they want to Mm. know they really really want to know every single tiny detail um, and they're fascinated, but I think before I write about skincare, I try and do a bit of a reality check and imagine that I'm writing to um, my mum or my mum's friends or the friends that I'd go for coffee, who would quite literally stare at me blankly. They'd be interested if I was ex- if I was, <clears> but you know, I try and bring it back to basic terms. So this is this is what this vitamin does for your skin, and this is the these are the results that you should see. I'd say, though, that to be able to take it down to that level, you do need to have the more complicated knowledge, at least a little bit, to be able to simplify it to tell somebody else. So Mm -hmm. I think it's great um, that we have access to that, even that the consumer does, if they want to have access to that kind of information. Because I think for the consumer who is um, inquisitive and who wants to know what they're spending their money on, to be able to access the things the information that answers their questions I think is so important but I still think there's a massive need for just simplifying things and for for those people that you know like my sister would just be like look is it going to make my face red because everything makes my face red and and also look at these lines that have come up what can I do about those and she doesn't want me to explain what does what she just wants me to go that's what you need for that you know that that might help or This is all right. And it doesn't cost very much money. money. Yeah. And I think for the majority of people, I mean, maybe I'll get shouted down on this. Maybe 90% of people. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. are absolutely obsessed what about what's in their moisturizer but just doing a little sort of um poll on people that i know on a regular basis they sort of glaze over if i if i go too far into stuff so yes i think that the Mm. developments in skincare have been incredible uh and i like the ones that have have made it easy for the general consumer who has sort of little to average interest in ingredients is made the ones that have made that easy for them to choose stuff, I think is key. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, So you said a little while ago that you write 50% beauty and the rest is probably more you. I've made up that lifestyle, lifestyle, but yes, that'll come back to bite me. Won't it? (laughs) I haven't been through your blog and, and done like counted the numbers or anything. So let's just say roughly it's one thing to yeah it's one thing to write about uh, products or services um because they're sort of slightly removed from you even though it might be your experience but then moving into writing about yourself and sharing yourself which a lot of people like you do like I do on my podcast i you know there's sort of a blurring of you have to put yourself in it sometime too did that ever feel uncomfortable did you ever I'm going to have to have some boundaries here in what I share and what I don't share. Um, Not when it comes to myself. I I honestly, it's overshare. It's terrible. Because I... I enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah, I just feel like, well, you know, I have my own permission to do that. So that's fine. And um, I think I've been quite lucky because my husband has never wanted to be shared. He is just not interested he, so he's a, a professional portrait photographer. So he shoots loads of celebrities and does front covers and stuff like that. And he's always joked that he's a soul catcher. And he's like, why would I want my soul caught? You know, <laughs> so he doesn't even really like being in, in photos. I don't know why, because he's hot, but he's he just he just <laughs> doesn't like it. He's got a, he's just always been sort of slightly. Um, he takes a really good photo. It's very frustrating but he just doesn't like being caught forever, I suppose, I think. So that's made that's made it easy. So already that is a huge boundary um, set in place. So I've always, although it seems like I share a lot, I actually share quite little, but I have a way of expanding what I do share to fill the void that's left by, by what I refuse to share, I suppose. I feel like when your house is made into the museum of model (laughs) recommends, which obviously there'll be like the lost archive. Oh my God. Loads of your husband. Can you imagine? It was really funny. My mum sent me some (laughs) pictures because Lily Pebbles tagged me in, um, the first picture of, of you together as a couple. And then she messaged me and said, Oh God, sorry, I forgot. You never share anything. And, um, and that but my mum had sent me all these pictures and I was really tempted and then I just thought I don't know I quite like keeping huge parts of my life quite private because I I, you know I do I do share quite a lot but um I stopped really sharing so much even about the kids the kids that started when I wasn't ever going to share anything about the kids but uh I had Angelica and I had really put a model recommends on the back burner for a few months just while I, you know, got used to being a new mum. And so I'd started a new blog, which was called The Uphill. And I was writing about being a mum for that. And it's impossible to write about being a mum without writing about the kid that you're mumming. And um, so Mm. quite soon, and I really enjoyed writing about being a mum, it slipped into talking about her on a monthly basis. And when she was a baby and a toddler, I thought, you know, that's fine. That's absolutely no problem at all because she didn't seem like her own little person yet. But then as she's as they've both got a bit older, it's just felt like too much of an invasion of their they do such cute things. And I could be like, Oh my god, look what they've done now, look what they've done now. But I just share the the odd, quite rare little insight for the people that followed me since the beginning. Um, because they just love it so mm. much, but I don't I don't even really show their faces anymore, I don't think. You might get an odd one from the distance every now and again, but um, yeah, so that's sort of closed in a little bit, I suppose, mm. as I've got older. and you mentioned as well earlier, and we talked about it before we started recording about like having fatigue mm-hmm. of yourself and how when you work for yourself, when you write about yourself or share yourself for a living. It's not like you it's not like when you've had when you've got a job that you don't like anymore and you can say, Do you know what I'm gonna go traveling for a year or I'm gonna go and work for this company, I'm gonna change it up. Like it it it's your job now. Um so what what happens when you reach a point where you get a bit sick of yourself? Because I've definitely felt that and you've talked about churning out content and so there is an element of fatigue that comes in there. Yeah, well with the with the content thing, I mean that was quite a few years ago now, but I was that That wasn't, that was at a time when I wasn't really writing about myself. Um, So that was, I suppose, a different type of fatigue. I don't know. I think that you just have to, you have to just keep mixing it up, don't you? Um, I mean, I went through a little phase, sort of end of last year and beginning of this year of really hating Instagram and just hating the whole popularity contest of it. And so I stepped away a little Mm -hmm. bit from that. And now I suppose... I don't know, I've become, because of the lockdown and not having any time to do anything, I suppose I've become a little bit more uh, formal about how I do stuff. So I plan my content a little bit better and that's made it easier because I don't, I suppose if you don't plan anything, you're like, what am I gonna do today? What am I gonna do at the Coliseum to entertain the hordes? (laughs) You can start to feel a bit like you're, I don't know, like performing for the sake of it. And, and I think sometimes you can, mm-hmm. it, it forces you to put a bit too much of yourself out there, and maybe you're not comfortable with that. And that's when I think that you get fatigued. So I would say that the answer to being fatigued is organisation and, and a bit more separation of you know, what's a job and what's you You know, and if you have to just treat it as a a bit more of a job for a few weeks or for a few months, you know, maybe you just do more beauty reviews or you're a bit stricter about what you put out there. I mean, because I think the more that you share, the more you, you just get sick. Yeah, you get sick of yourself, you know, and and it's a bit, you can feel a bit, Mm. I am, I am. Oh, hey, here's me again. And I think naturally I'm not like that as a person, really. I don't believe it or not. Um, thrive that well on on lots of attention or unwanted attention um so I think that there's an art to being online and being able to step step away from yourself or step away from using yourself mm-hmm. um, as your your job you know and you really you, you've shifted, and you, really, you you've shifted it up quite a few gears um was it last year or the year before? Because you decided, I know, oh, I'm all creating an app. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I just <laughs> wonder about myself. And I, I thought, thought when, you said, when you said, I thought, I'm so impressed. She's such a tech whiz. Look at her with her app. She's going to be on her <laughs> yacht <York> soon. Not, <laughs> not it's not quite, very glamorous yes. and techy. Um, yeah, so the Night Feed. <laughs> uh, so I'm just relaunching it, actually. Not that it's been anywhere, but basically it's been a huge learning curve mainly because I know nothing about building apps but um had it built the first time and wasn't a great relationship with with the people that I used to build the app um I think I needed a lot more hand holding than than they were probably <coughs> expecting and also they weren't set up to handhold because I didn't realize that they farmed the work out to other countries to sort of get it done and so it emerged towards the end that um, that's why there was quite a lot of breakdown in communication stuff. Anyway, it's boring. But to cut a long story short, I've pretty much paid to have it completely rebuilt. So it's a completely, it's not a completely different app. It still does the same thing, but it just functions differently and it looks different. And so I'm currently relaunching that um, for new mums who are feeding their babies in the night, whether bottle or breast. (laughs) (laughs) so what's the what can someone visiting the night feed app find there what's and why what was the germ that made you decide I need to create this when I was feeding Ted uh, I found it a lot more difficult being up in the night than I did with Angelica and I think it was because I really had this sensation that everybody else was asleep and it wasn't resentment that I felt I just oh god you're just so tired you're just so i can't explain the level of tiredness because it's sort of like having jet lag you know when you're that jet lag that you just want to die and then your alarm goes off and you you absolutely have to get on the tube to go to a meeting and and it's just the most terrible thing it's kind Mm -hmm. of like that but it happens sort of every two or three hours during the night and i just thought wouldn't it be amazing if there was i felt really quite alone and isolated and it felt like no one else was doing what i had to do and i thought wouldn't it be great if there was somewhere where i could go now because i was continually just going on instagram going on the daily mail sidebar of shame and then um back <laughs> on instagram maybe twitter to see if anyone had posted anything since the last time i looked and um you know there was never anything to it uh, to sort of amuse me and so i had this idea what if there was a continuous feed of content that was coming from Um, mums who are awake feeding and I thought oh what a pun the night feed (sighs) and uh, so it was born it was born from that but that was too logistically crazy to do so um, basically if you go to the app you'll open it and it will come up with the main feed page which doesn't have something every minute but it will have something new pretty much every day and it's really amazing articles written by experts um, or written by normal mums who just want to write And uh, it's just people that are all in the same boat. So it makes you feel very much included in a group. And that's for people who just do not, they just want to be a passive user of the app. They can just go on, they can read stuff. Mm -hmm. um, And then you can move one place over um, on your little menu. And that will take you to chats. So there are different chat rooms. There's one for feeding, one for teething, one for sleeping. Um, there were the expert Q and A's. So we have the sleep nanny on, who is amazing at solving sleep quandaries. Um, yeah, there's a little, uh, the physio mum, who is a women's health physiotherapist. So she deals with like pelvic floor issues and stuff like that. She comes on, writes amazing articles, and then we've got uh, sleep sounds, so white noise to get babies back to sleep. And it works on adults as well and then a feed timer so it records which boob you last fed on because you can never remember um, the amount of time that you fed for or if you're bottle feeding you can record the amount that the baby had and the time that the baby was fed so Mm -hmm. it's basically four different things in one for 3.99 one off everyone's always like oh but do you have to subscribe and i'm like no it's just one off. You can pay like three times that for just for sleep. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, did you ever go down the, the um, because you and I spoke at a dinner and it might have been champagne fuel, but you were like, I'm going to so do yes. ASMR. <laughs> no, I haven't recorded that yet. Uh, I could do though, couldn't I? What should I do? Like you should. lick three. towels or something close to a microphone. Well, I thought you were going to tell stories. And being, this, I think this, I think it might have been that um, Oh, yes, yes, I was. Karen's. Yeah, I do. do I
1: remember, was quite drunk
0: when I said that. And you, and you were like, I'm going to tell you a sleep story about the laundry. Bar. I could do, I could and do oh, ASMR with AMR. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, that was okay. the idea I gave you. I don't know if you remember. You were like, right. I it? Guys. And I said, well, just. <laughs> yeah sorry I have been waiting for that <laughs> my lawyers have been poised what do I call it I'll we'll just call it AMR but with an S nice. in brackets between nice. the A and the M I think you could do that I think you you've got your, um, microphone, your big microphone your big bulbous headed microphone you could do some that's what they do isn't it people love that have you seen Gillian Anderson um, uncorking no. a bottle of red wine and then pouring it into a wine glass doing ASMR. it is So you just want to keep watching it. I'm going to f- I have to find that link yes, and put it in the do. link in the show notes. I want to. Uh, what, and, sure. and you can see her doing it as well. Mm. You can watch her, but then it's also been recorded. So the audio is um, nice. um, amplified. And it's just. It doesn't get you tingly. You, gl- do you gl- get tingly. I don't get the whole thing. I can appreciate it why it would, but I, nothing really makes me go funny like that. Sound wise. <laughs> No, I actually, I went on a bit of a a search on Instagram once and it was just searching ASMR and it was people eating noodles and then there was uh, oh, eating God. crab claws and then it's there's anything. a woman typing. Noises with long drive, drive me and mad. I found, I, Sorry, go on, you found it disgusting. Yeah, I, I actually found it, I found something quite sort of, uh, negative nefarious about it like i'm going to sloppily eat this thing and you're going to enjoy i just sort of there was something a bit. life yeah it makes me very good about it so also people making any kind of noise like on a train if i can hear the tiniest someone's music it i want to kill them and also anybody eating something on the train anybody drinking pretty much doing anything there was a man that sat opposite me once and he was just um rubbing his finger up and down the side of his laptop or laptop case and it was making this noise and quite honestly i thought that one of the vessels in my face was going to explode i was so angry but obviously i'm you know so british that i can't say anything about it because we can't um yeah so i just sat there and so I it now lockdown. <laughs> apart from my family make loads of noises It is slamming doors. I'm beginning to realise my dad used to go crazy when we slammed doors. I mean, absolutely batshit crazy at us. And I used to think, "Chill out, mate. Like, what's what's the problem? It's just one loud noise. Didn't mean it." (laughs) Now, when my kids slam the door by accident, I'm like, "Stop slamming the doors." Hereditary. Yeah, we all turn into our folks. So, just going back to the night feed up because obviously, I there's very little I can. I think I can get until out of it, I uh, not record a baby. my ASMR. Yes, please. Yeah, or I'll yeah. submit some to Do you it. for approval. I'll write a sleep story about the laundry yes, okay. basket. I'll steal your idea <laughs> and then send it to you and see, see how we get on. But um, so how? I mean, obviously, it's been reimagined or it's been revamped and like if someone's listening to this and they're thinking I do feel quite alone actually in the middle of the night I've got a young baby too or I'm not sleeping very well and I really feel like this resource is here what I mean does it feel like a warm hug from people who are going through exactly I think the same so phases? I feel warm I mean I'm not really in like? that stage anymore but I quite regularly go on um, just to check that everything's going well and obviously stuff like that because I'm maintaining it. And I feel warm just reading what people are chatting to each other. It gives me a really lovely feeling inside. Mm. And I don't think that that's because it's a sort of pride thing. Oh, look at people using my app. But I mean, there might be a degree of that because it has been absolutely soul sapping. Um, and so it's lovely to see it sort of working and to see people appreciating it. But more, I see people helping each other and someone asks a question and six people reply with, you know, immediately with what they think about it. And, you know, oh, don't worry, that happened to me. And it just really makes me think, God, you know, why did not I get my act together and get this out when I have my second baby? Because <laughs> it would have been amazing. But it's an awful lot of hard work and one can assume that if, you know, you've got a one of the biggest beauty blogs around that, you know, any business idea that you have that has anything to do with online is just going to, that everything oh God, you no. touch is going no, to turn unfortunately to gold. Not. But- I think it's, uh, it's, a different, it's a different market and, you know, there, there are a number of people that I'm sure buy it because they see me talking about it on my platforms, Um but it's a whole other business venture. And it's actually been quite a massive learning curve for me because it's not really been something that I can put my face behind um, because it's not that type of thing. People don't want to see my my face is sort of irrelevant to how the app functions or what the app's about. So although I can go online and say, hey, you know, this is my app and it does this and it'd be so brilliant. And, you know, gift it to your friends, gift it to your friend that's having a baby. Um, I can say that, but it doesn't really have the same impact as as if i'd maybe launched a face cream or a lipstick or something a pair of shorts i don't know or a a lamp anything uh anything that would sort of be directly relevant to my life now i mean maybe it'd be different if i was sat there with a newborn and i was talking about it perhaps that would be different but um no it's it's hard it's a whole separate business And I'm sort of learning what it's like to be a brand, you know, starting from the the ground up. It's hard. It takes Mm. a lot of resources of all types. But do you think actually that's quite a nice thing to be happening now, to be going through a steep learning curve? Because inevitably you'll come out of it having learned some valuable lessons and hope you know you might be able to pass on some of that knowledge to someone else and i know learning curves are, can feel like absolute torture when you're going through it particularly if it doesn't feel like there's ever an end in sight but there is always going to be an end in sight and there will always yes. be a lesson learned now that you put it like that i think so i have a tendency to slip into a negative place with it because it is such hard work and i just think what the hell am i doing i've got two young kids I already have a Model Recommends, which is a, a more than a full-time job. And why have I given myself this? It's like I mm. have some kind of illness where I can't stop putting things on my pile. It's almost like that's how I thrive. I always thought that was how I thrived. Throve? Thrived. What's was it? That? Thriven. That's always thriven. how um, i thriven. Um don't know. But in the last sort of, I suppose in the last year, I've thought, oh, really? I wonder if life's too short. Am I that type of person? Uh, I wonder if life is actually ultimately too short to be stressing. You know, like why why give yourself more stress than you need? Um, and, and also I've just had this, in the last year, this sort of burning desire just to really, you know, sit down every day and, and write more. And doing the night feed has stopped me from being able to do that. So it's been a bit, the poor old night feed. I mean, honestly, it gets kicked kicked by me on a daily basis, uh, sort of in an imaginary way. I have my little night feed sack that I kick um, because it, it does take up so much of my energy. But then I see people using it and I look at it and I'm really proud of it. So, um, hold on, my screen's gone off. Can you see me? Did I go then? Um, I can. So, so yeah, it's a difficult one. But I suppose what I'm trying to say, I mean, the, the thing is, the app itself is amazing. But behind the scenes, I'm doing the very thing that I said not to do, which is like people don't give a shit about your behind the scenes. But um, behind the scenes, I, I do feel as though mm-hmm. this one is is a difficult one. It's hard, you know, it's a, it's a real mm-hmm. balancing act. But you're right, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. It's just, I suppose it had been a long time since I'd been in a very long tunnel. And this is, uh, uh, I suppose also my long tunnel before only needed me to propel it through, you know, to propel myself through it. And I I could work as many hours as I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I saw a direct benefit, you know, the more I worked, The better things went whereas i feel like when you're building something from the ground up that your personality isn't propelling but actually it's money and Mm. resources that are propelling it it's a very different quite scary and different venture yes i'm just gonna put this out there though because this i've noticed in the last 18 months is something that has become quite a good barometer for me If I'm working, putting out my content, and I feel like even any part of it sort of slips into autopilot, and I can kind of do it without my full attention, I know that's when I need to add something to my pile. I like that. And so, yeah, because if I feel like I'm not even really, yeah, I did a podcast, edit, boom, boom you know intro music outro music upload if I feel like that about it something's missing so I'm doing something yeah wrong. that's like true I'm not challenging that's myself true. somewhere so yet I think on every day when I feel like it's difficult or I feel like I'm bashing my head against a brick wall I crave yeah. it to be that easy maybe it's a maybe it's a personality true. type and <laughs> yeah mm. I don't know I suppose um I suppose the kids suddenly not being in school not being at nursery and having those few hours I had to do my work in taken away has made it 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 feels like a loss Mm -hmm. at the moment I am not scared to admit it it is so no and I applaud (laughs) your bravery um but so let's just talk quickly about lockdown life before I have to let you uh, post lockdown life before I have to let you get back to your actual life because my dream for you Ruth, knowing you is I want you to have a beautiful writing room oh, with a chaise if I had a chaise I would just sleep a wonderful typewriter I'm a terrible well. a terrible person for having that <laughs> so the chaise has got to go but yes go on t- tell me what else is in my writing room Oh, oh, well, it was going to be an oldie-time yep, typewriter okay, yeah, or word laptop. processor of your choice. Or pen and okay, paper. Laptop. Can it be that? And yeah, it yeah, can be whatever you like. Big window, looking out onto
1: maybe or an sea. ornamental garden of That'd some sort.
0: Nicer, and, or the so sea. But, so you sent me your book, which I have on my Kindle, but because it's not a not to be technical, yeah, it's, it's not, not formatting, it's tiny, so I've almost set myself blind. But I think I got three chapters in and called you and said, it is an outrage that you are not writing books like this full time because it's proper. I keep wanting to say Irving Welsh, <laughs> but I don't know if I mean that. But that's what keeps coming to my mind when I think about the way that you write, which is probably at odds of what people may think of you from reading a model recommends. But do you think once the night feed has sort of reached cruising altitude and you can maybe stick that on autopilot or have other people maintain it in the way that you are now do you think that that will be your yeah. next focus is right how so if I, I wasn't doing just feed, then yeah. I would be I would be doing a model recommends and I would be writing and I'd be splitting my time between the two things um but at the, yeah so so one has to give for the other one to come in really otherwise it's just not it's just not grown up you know I have to see I have to see my uh investments safe I suppose otherwise it's just too much too much time and too much money that's gone into the night feed not to look after it properly and also I do think it's it's brilliant (laughs) pipe my own pipe there um but you know it's no 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 I wouldn't shoddy product uh, so so it, it does it need my due consideration and and i think it does need my enthusiasm uh, I, I don't think it's something that i can just sort of park and ever put on autopilot completely um but i think that once this initial push is done and it's sort of out there properly i, I suppose i didn't realize how much marketing brands have to do to get to get something into the the public eye. Um and and I just kind of yeah. thought, oh, okay, context, well, yes. you know, I've got however many readers, however many followers on Instagram, proportion of those must be having babies. Wham bam, thank you, man. Ma'am man. I've got of been like Alan Partridge on this podcast with my, <laughs> my <laughs> propisms. Um and you know I just I sort of just thought the marketing part of it, well that takes care of itself. If there's one thing that I've got, it's a platform to 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 do that on so I never really considered that to be an issue um but when it comes down to it all of the other stuff people can do um that's the that's missing link and and it needs so much intensive sort of putting out there because people are new mums for such a short amount of time you know babies they start sleeping and then you don't have that sort of sense of loneliness through the night quite so much maybe by you know eight months a year and so it's labor intensive but once yeah once i've got into some kind of method of knowing what i need to do to 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 keep it out there and up and running properly and all the content going on then i think that somebody else can be do, you know doing that so that i can be sitting out looking over the sea and penning my masterpieces <laughs> my crazy masterpieces which they will be you've made me want to charge up my kindle and fin- actually finish mm. the book I do so much reading for research that I have stopped yeah, being able to read the I, pleasure. I find it difficult wow I am so hard you're tired after work you just sort of think oh god I just want to you know look on West Elm at side tables and then go to sleep I feel like you've bigged up my book now, and also to yourself, and then you might read a bit more and be really disappointed. (laughs) Right, we need to sort this mindset of yours out, Ruth. (laughs) Like, we can take this offline, and I can just send you regular WhatsApps every morning. (laughs) Well, no, because I just think it's so funny to me to hear you speak like that, because I could never write like you. And I was moved enough by your writing to ring you. And I even then I was like, <laughs> I know this is very weird to be calling you, but I was just so, this is not, this is paper. no joke. Um, and so it's quite funny that you're doubting it. Well just, it does I find it quite amusing that you're doubting it, that you're because, like, Oh um, yes, yeah, so but you're everyone's one got different or different ideas of what they think is good or worthy of saying is good. I don't know. And I, I hate to be the per you know, I'd hate to be the person that was like, Hey, check out my writing. It's amazing. And then everyone was sort of doing an embarrassed cough into their hand and oh God, how do we tell her? You know. Right, I feel like we've we've achieved a lot here today, and we haven't even talked about penises that much. Is it penises or peni? You were supposed to be coming to visit me pre-lockdown. I know, and then well, yeah, beginning of the year, and then I know, or went out the window. Well, I'll come down with some bottles of uh, pink fizz. Yes, and gin, and yeah, not a massive gin fan. It's a really horrible. Difference. I think I've probably only had I've had less than ten gins in my life. I am not, I only really tasted gin at Christmas properly. Oh. I mean, I've had, you know, like yeah. the odd one in the past, but I, I, just, I was just never into spirits and mixers. Well, arches and lemonade no. when I was a teenager, but, you know, in Always between. What is arches? It's like a peach schnapps. Schnapps. Oh, yeah, of course. Schnapps. Um uh, Schnaps. Are you doing Sean Connery? Yeah. No one can I've forgotten no one can see my face, though, because it was actually quite good, wasn't it? <laughs> schnapps. Dropped. Um, I'm all about tequila now. Oh, really? Good quality. Yes. Obviously. Obvs. Wow, that's a bit of a hard drink. Yes, but it's the only alcohol that isn't a downer. Is it? Um, Are you sure? Have you made that up or is not, that true? Not 100%. I feel like Nadine told me that. <laughs> Nadine will tell you anything to, to get you into her evil ways basically. But what we will do is we'll we'll draw this to a close because this has been too much fun to (laughs) be had on a lunchtime (laughs) on a Tuesday. Right, I am going to draw this to a close. Ruth Crilly, welcome back to the show. Thank you for returning. It's been nothing but a pleasure. You are the best. And I like hanging out with you. That's and funny. obviously, all the links to, all the links to Ruth, uh blog and that brilliant, brilliant, brilliant app, which is an excellent gift uh, if you aren't having a baby yourself, but you know someone who is or has. Um, but it's a really brilliant resource. I have been lucky enough to be able to go in and tinker around and have a look in there. And even though I am not feeding a bebe, I um, I appreciate that it is a really nice resource. So hats off to you, Ruth. Thank you. I should employ you as my PR... Hype girl. Yeah. <laughs> Hype girl and ASMR um, person. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Emma. Right then, cheerio. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Ruth and I. And obviously, all of the links to everything that we discussed will be in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. If you want to email me, simply DM me on Instagram or Twitter, where I'm at Emma Guns. You can email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. It really is so delightful to hear from you, so please don't feel shy about getting in touch. You can also join the Facebook group. The show notes have the link to join, and you just have to answer a couple of questions, agree to the forum rules, and I will welcome you there, but so will thousands of other most excellent listeners of this podcast. So please do join if you want to chat about this episode or any other's a little bit more with some other listeners to the show. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you on the next one.